Hi, and welcome to The Middle Podcast. I'm Dana Lynn Condi, your host. Thank you for listening. I had this very clear impression, not necessarily a voice, but it was like words put into my heart. And it was, you have depression because it makes you a more compassionate person. And that like shocked me. I said out loud, I think in my car, what? Hello and welcome to The Middle. Do not be confused. You are watching the right show. Yes. (laughs) If you watch another show that I'm on, you Mm -hmm. may recognize my friend that's here today. My brother, Scott Sorensen. Not really my brother. I said that once on social media and everyone's like, is he really your brother? I'm like, no, but yes. But yes. In the gospel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we didn't plan to match today, but we literally... Can you see, Jake? Can you see our shoes in the shop? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're a little nice floral shoes. denim Adidas white shoes. Yeah. Scott is my co-host on The Real Talk. Yes. The Real Talk? I've never called it The Real Talk, but it is Real Talk. Yeah, it is. And I'm so glad you're finally here. I know. Thank you for inviting me. I've waited me. for a while just because you see too much of me and I don't want <laughs> That's the only reason. But why don't you introduce yourself? You're a little bit more than just my adopted brother and shoe aficionado. Is yes. that right? Aficionado? No. No. Aficionado. <laughs> Sneakerhead. Scott often has to help me with pronunciation. <laughs> so uh, let's see. What do you? What should you know about me? Um, boy, that's a good question. Other than you co-host Real Talk. So I co-host Real Talk. Um, I'm an author. I've written a few books. Um, They're phenomenal. Tell us how to buy them. So if you go to Siegel Book, uh, you can find those or Siegel.com is where they're at. And essentially what I'm trying to do is help create activities and, and give you opportunities uh, to teach and discuss the gospel in your home in ways that can be useful, beneficial, and relevant. Um, I'm not a big believer that we have to know everything about the gospel in order to have a testimony in faith. I do believe knowledge is important, but I also believe we a lot of us want to feel something. And so especially in the the time that we live in where it's easy to feel negative about a lot of different things, I feel like the gospel is always hopeful. And so the voice of Christ to me, it's never a it's never a condemning voice. The voice of Christ is always hopeful. And so that's what that's kind of how I go. It's not a lot of verses in every section, but it follows the come follow me week by week. And that's what I try and do is give you some things that you can realistically do based on the doctrine or the stories that are being taught in the scriptures. And so it's kind of patterned off a little bit of what I do in seminary. I'm a seminary teacher. Um, by day <laughs> and, <laughs> and by night, and by night, he co-hosts a show. Yeah, exactly. And golfs and golfs, and I love to golf. For whatever reason, golf is an anti-anxiety thing for me. And when I tell people that, they're like, "You're a crazy person." I don't golf because it generates so much anxiety. And maybe I'm wired backwards, but it, it's really just... how it is. I look forward to being on the golf course. I go with my two brother-in-laws, and usually we have. Uh, one of our sons will go with us, and we absolutely love it. And it's you're awesome. a father of three. Father of three. I've been married for for 17 years. To the amazing Paige. To Paige, yeah. Who texted me earlier and said she wished she could be here. Yeah. We usually have yeah. her with us. So. I know. She's, yeah. She, she makes sure we look, we look all right. Yes. I am so grateful to be hosting Real Talk with you, and I'm grateful to have you as a friend because of the openness you have shared around mental health and around depression and anxiety and we were joking right before we started taping that you still chronically even yesterday or was mm-hmm. it today? yes no lit- yesterday afternoon 
that you still get said, what, what do people say to you? They always are like, wait, you have depression. Are you sure? And I'm like, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Pretty sure. It's, it's been my buddy, whether I've wanted it or not for about 30 years. And so, yeah, it's just, and so, and it's interesting. And I think a lot of people get that it's, it's one of those, it's one of those, um, things that, that we deal with that isn't always, it's not noticed. There's it's, it's not, we have this, like, you need to look depressed and it's like, mm-hmm. well, yes and no, but, and it's weird because it is kind of a paradox because I have a lot of hope inside of me mm-hmm. and I have a lot of light. I've always had that and I've always been grateful for it, but I've also had a lot of darkness and sadness and feelings of worthlessness and like, I'm not very useful and there's really not a place for me. And so it's really interesting to be able to com- have those, those constantly competing in your mind. And that's why all the water stories of Jesus are my favorite because waves and turmoil and try and boats that are sinking and Peter sinking and Christ lifting people out of just and Jaredite boats. I mean, there's so many water analogies. And for me, those are always, it's, it's the, it's the, the water of my mind Mm -hmm. and my, that my mind is never calmed. It's never fully calm. It's never, and I don't think, and, and we can talk about where I've arrived at this, but I don't think that's going to happen in this life. But I used to think the only way for me to believe in Christ is for that to happen and for that to happen as soon as I ask for to it. To have the healing. To have like calm the water and keep it calm forever. And um, and that's not been the case. In fact, if I if I remember in Matthew 14 correctly, an interesting part about Peter after he, he's drowning and he says, Lord, save me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus immediately reaches down and lifts him up. But it, it doesn't include the detail that he calmed the storm until they walked back together and got in the boat. And so for me, that's the part of the story I'm in. I'm in the walking back to the boat with Christ, but the waves are still there. And it's almost like, I wonder as the waves are coming and they're walking on the water together and Jesus has Peter. I always wonder what that conversation, what that dialogue was, how long they walked. Did Jesus go slow on purpose? And he was like, now feel this. Feel, I need you to feel this. I need you to know what it feels like to be mortal and to be afraid. And to know that if I'm not with you, that the, there's there isn't a hope giving narrative without me. And so for me, it's it's so relationship oriented, and so depression and anxiety for me, I've learned. Now again, this has taken years. Like, and I'm not, and I the, and again, my it is not calmed. My mind is just different levels of waves. Sometimes they're overbearing and the feeling of drowning. And so I think of that, that's a very good analogy for me to the psychological feelings that anxiety and depression bring on is it's just, it's dark, it's murky. You just want to breathe and you don't know why you can't get help. Every time you share, I feel like I learn, which is why it's a joy to work with you. But what I appreciate is that I can feel answers to prayers happening right now as we're taping. I hope so. I literally can feel, I can literally feel people that are feeling permission to ride those waves, to not wait to have a relationship with Christ or work on one. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't. They're, they don't have one, but they, they don't even know how to start one because depression and anxiety is such a wall mm-hmm. between those experiences of faith that sometimes we talk about so easily. We toss it around at church like, well, just pray about that. Just read yeah. your scriptures. Just it's go to the faith. temple. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll have faith and you'll be fine. And and I am so glad that 
on Real Talk you shared and you just shared again, I hope our viewers really hear what you said, that in this life you don't believe that that's going to be taken. But because mm-hmm. of that walk on the waves, you really do have this personal testimony of Christ. One of the key components of faith that I don't know if we give ourselves enough permission to recognize and even do is to spend time looking backwards, mm-hmm. is to say, okay, I feel like I'm drowning now. Can I think of when's the last time I felt the Savior lift me out of the water? Even if it was just enough, I could get a little breath before I went back down. And so I spend a lot of my time now. My faith is not faith in looking forward because looking forward, sometimes I don't see as much hope. And part of that's because depression and anxiety create this filter where it's it's just a darkness filter. And so it's sometimes it's hard to see hope in the future. And so what I've learned and what, and this taken me decades, and I'm not kidding when I say that, and like therapy, decades and therapy, yeah, and I laugh about it. I'm like, I'm on medication. I've gone through, I've had three therapists in the last few years. Anyway, there's all sorts of things. And, Which is important. And, and it's been really helpful. Say we value those yeah. tools. And I haven't always needed that, but at this point where I'm at, I need that. And so my faith right now is always looking backwards and saying, okay, when has the savior, even though I didn't see him. When was he there walking with me like with Peter? Because if I can see, if I can find evidence in the past that he walked with me then, then I know he'll walk with me now. And that's usually enough to keep me going. And so in high school, that's when my, that's when depression really set in for me. Sophomore, junior, senior year was really rough for me mentally. Was there anxiety there too? There was anxiety, but it was more depression. And I've learned there are two different things, but they feed each other. Right. So for me, the depression was not good enough, not smart enough. I'm disappointing people. I'm not living up to expectations. I remember I have a really good group of friends in high school. And I remember constantly feeling like, you know, why are they even friends? Yeah, they're my friends, but they're not really my friends. They're just embarrassed. They're kind of embarrassed. They feel bad for me. And the only reason they're really my friends is because they don't know how to tell me that they'd rather not have me. So that was the voice story. The voice constantly. And then I remember in seminary, and I wasn't a great seminary student. I want to put that out there, okay? I Which wasn't great. Which makes you a perfect I wasn't teacher. great, all right? I could have got more out of seminary than I did, but I didn't know how to deal with this. Again, going back to the Hormones, beginning. Depression. This constant, a lot of light, but a lot of darkness. And so I, I really kind of had this spiritual, just wrestle. extreme wrestle. Like some days I felt so good and other days I felt so dark. And so anyway, um, I remember Ether 1227. Mm-hmm. Back in the scripture mastery days, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to memorize it. And it, the the point of it is that Christ can make weak things become strong. Now, doctrinally, that's talking about big picture. The fall is the we- is our weakness. The fall is the weakness. We're all in weakness. Yeah, we all because it's the fall. Yeah, right. and, and we chose that. And so it's okay. And that Christ can make us all strong. So this is big picture plan of salvation. But I didn't read it that way. I read it as the way we all read it. Yeah, Christ should make all my weaknesses strengths. And the only way to get to make me strong is to calm the water or take away the weakness. And then that would be the strength. And so I just kept plugging along with, okay, now I've got hope. But then I go on a mission and I'm like, look at all my faith. And then and then the depression gets worse. And I feel more alone. And I feel more useless. I feel like my investigator should have someone else teach him because I don't have all the answers and they'd be better off without me. They, they'd they be better off being taught by one person than by, our, you know, and I mean, I, I remember thinking I should stay home. 
I should stay in the apartment and they should go, but there's mission rules. And so um, anyway, and they're just those wrestles. And then I get home and I start dating who's going to be my wife and she's incredible and she loves me, but I can't, but it's like, does she love me? And then part of me after we got married was um, you should leave. She's better off without you. And then we have kids. You should leave. They're better off not having a dad than having a dad like you. And it just kept going. And so, and those, by the way, those thoughts still happen. Yeah, because those haven't gone we've away. We've had some real talk talks about that. Yeah, they haven't like, gone away. I've been so grateful for you, and you had never hosted a show, and we had really never ever <laughs> talked. And the camera turns on, and instantly I'm like, I love this guy, and I I feel supported by him, and we're gonna do this. But it took a lot of courage that probably that first season every time, right? Yeah. Well, there's so much anxiety yeah. and you, you, and that's where I'm at now is the anxiety to get anything done is really hard for me. Um, even, uh, right now I'm in, I'm in my bishopric. And so, and I say that to say extending callings, like I know I'm, I always thought someone asking you to be called the anxiety is on the person being called, right? The person asking, I, it's like painful, magnified, um, big time on the other end for me. I'd much rather be be asked to do something than ask someone to do something. And so giving callings is terrifying to me. And you can ask certain people in my ward who need callings taken care of. My ward council, bless them. They're like, are you ever going to do it? And I'm like, I can't. I'm freaking out. But what's And so even doing helpful? temple recommend interviews, all of that, being on the other end of that. You have a new empathy. Th so that's where my anxiety comes from a lot in the church. And I went through that for years. I mean, we're talking 15, 16 years old till about my late 20s. And we were living in Indiana at the time. And um, if you've heard, I've told this story before, but it's a, it is it is an experience that that's I need to always remember. And so I like sharing it because it helps me remember the emotion of it. And I'm sitting in this uh, half-abandoned mall play, strip mall. strip mall, eating lunch. And, you know, it's a, it's like a metaphor for my life. You know, just <laughs> dark and dreary and sad. Abandoned. And, and abandoned, yeah. And so, and and I, had, anyway, so I'm sitting there and a lot of things had happened that I was just done. And I had been, like, I didn't feel, and I just remember thinking, that scripture's that scripture isn't true. I do I don't believe Ether twelve twenty seven is true. God does not take away weakness and give us strength, and and I just had had it. And so one one fateful lunch break, I'm sitting there eating lunch in my car, and I just I just remember saying I'm done. And I've said that before, but I really meant it this time. I was like I'm like I'm out, and uh, and I was so exhausted. It was like decades of trying to tread water and do all this stuff. And, and I remember as I kind of settled down a little bit, um, I had this very clear impression, not necessarily a voice, but it was like words put into my heart. And it was, you have depression because it makes you a more compassionate person. And it, that like shocked me. I said out loud, I think in my car, what? <laughs> and it repeated, you have depression because it makes you a more compassionate person. And that was huge for me because up until that for t 10 to 12 years, I had felt like the depression was the ugly part of me that needed to go away. And the only way to be strong is to get rid of it. It never had occurred to me in over a decade that depression, that God was okay with it. Like I never knew that. I always was like, get rid of it. It's ugly. It's gross. No one should see it. I don't want anyone to know this is a part of me. What would people say if they knew that some days I just didn't necessarily wanted to want to be alive that day? Um, what would people think of me? And so I would, and so 
You have depression because it makes you a more compassionate person. All of a sudden, God gave me purpose for my pain. And then the second part that came a little bit after that settled in, then I had this thought, and you need to be compassionate. I need you to be compassionate for what I want you to do in life. And as I look back at that experience, that's one of many where I've gone through and, and said, that was God, the Savior, lift it. Lord, save me, lifting me out of the water and bringing me up high enough where I could start to see and then walking back to the boat with me. And we're still walking back. But now there's something different. I know Jesus is with me. Even sometimes I can't feel him. I don't see him. Sometimes I turn and I just can't see him. But I know he's there because of that and many, many other experiences like that. And so sometimes I just have to keep reminding myself, there's a reason why I have depression. And so for me, I will have it until it no longer serves its useful purpose. And my impression right now is that that will be after I'm dead, after this life. I don't know if that's spirit world, resurrection or what, but I know I, at this point I feel like, and I'm okay with it because it serves, it brings out the most beautiful parts of me, the, the most compassionate, the, for some, some weird paradoxical way, the part that I thought was the ugliest thing about me is what actually, that's where the most Christ centered part of me also resides. So my compassion is the part of me I'm most proud of and most grateful for. And so that's, but the only place that that place, it grows out of this weird, this, this depression that doesn't feel that way. So in, in Isaiah, when he says, Christ says, I can repl replace beauty or bring beauty for ashes, um, that I can, I know exactly what that feels like. And you know, I use the word stewardship a lot because mm -hmm. I feel like you have really honored the stewardship of depression and anxiety. I, I've been a, you know, front seat witness to how that has been a blessing for me, for our viewers, for your students for the kind of person that you show up to be. And I, and I, I just feel like so much joy in hearing you testify in a way that then anyone, even if their thing that they're in the middle of isn't depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, that instead of saying, this is this part of me, I wish we could fix. And I know Japanese pottery, it's the cool thing to show it's fixed and it's got gold and we celebrate it. Uh -huh. But I, I think there's so much more of us that in this life won't be. Mm -hmm. And can we celebrate that? Can yeah. we see that that's the sacred space that Christ shows up? I love to ask my guests on the middle mm -hmm. what their manna is. Okay. And we've had every answer. We love variety. We love diversity because faith for us, as you like to teach, is expansive. Yes. It's a big heaven, tiny yes. hell. Yes. Brother Wilcox. Yes. Thank you, Brother Wilcox. So what's your manna? What do you do to keep walking on those waves and um, walking with Christ? I practice faith looking backwards, not forwards. And so I do that every morning. Every morning I wake up with anxiety because every morning I have stuff to do. I wake up with it. And so now I have my own sacred ritual and I don't, I don't need to go into details on how that, how, what I do, cause you can do this in a lot of different ways, but I have my way of, of remembering where I wake up and I just take some time where I just remember God, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can get through today or whatever. And then I stop thinking about the future and I look to the past and eventually what I've done is I have a mountain of evidence behind me where I can look back and say, I don't know how to take the next few steps today, but I know that, that I, 
will get through it because I have all the evidence I need in my past. And the older I get, the bigger that mountain gets. And so that's where I look. I Do just, you write it? I'll, I'll write it down. And actually, it's funny. Sometimes when I'm really struggling, I'll write, I am worth saving on my hand. On hand. Or I'll write, you have compassion. Or I'll just write the word compassion on my hand to remind me. So when it gets real bad, you'll notice I'll have things written on my hand. Because I need to remember. I really need to remember because I feel like I'm drowning in those moments. That I really need to remember that there's hope for me. But I don't see it looking forward. I find my hope looking back. And so that's the way I do it. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, brother. I love you so much. I love much. you. Thank you for having me on. No, you're the greatest. No. <laughs> and thank you. I know I can feel like sometimes after so many interviews, I it's and we've had this in real talk too, where mm-hmm. we can feel like prayers answered and it's such a cool way that God works. But if you are watching this and you deal with depression or anxiety or know someone that would be everyone watching right now because that's everyone right on the whole planet yes please share this episode and and make sure especially for within your faith community that there's this sometimes misconception that if you have faith then you don't wrestle with the real life stuff and especially with mental health it is very synergistic and it's where god can walk with us so thank you for teaching us and thank you for joining us here on the middle like and subscribe we don't want to miss you Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want more of The Middle, make sure you find us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll see you again soon.